0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Wildly Basic West. I wanted to kick off today's episode with a bit of a personal story. So anyone who knows me knows that I've had somewhat of an up and down relationship with my dad for some of my life. And it's not that my dad isn't an amazing or present person, he completely is. It's more so that we have personalities that are often too similar that we clash over things. And I guess they're similar in the ways that make us incredibly stubborn, but they differentiate enough in certain aspects that sometimes it feels like we are speaking a completely different language to one another so it just ends in a lot of frustration between the two of us and my dad is probably the person that i respect the most and i aspire to be like more than anyone else and he's always just been such a devoted driven grounded intelligent and just like morally sound person And I think he's so good at so many things that I feel like I've grappled with for so long. Like he's a person that when he says he's going to do something, like it just gets done. He doesn't have second thoughts about it. He doesn't sit and get scared of like what's going to happen. He just does it. And as a person who flounders in a space of fear a lot, seeing someone with that much resolve and that much just like conviction in their own thoughts and their own actions is something that I both envy and I think I also do fear it a bit. And because of some of the differences that we've had, I have always felt really, really inadequate when it comes to making my parents proud. My dad was Ivy League educated. He had you know this really big, impressive job and was always... Doing These huge things and I felt like such a failure straight out of college because I was going into more of a startup world and I definitely was not making the same amount of money and even the way I relate to money is really different than my dad and so I always just felt like I was falling short. And my dad never, ever, ever said that I disappointed him. It was completely something that I internalized because I think in so many ways, I felt disappointed by myself that it was a lot easier to project it onto other people versus having to own the fact that like, okay, I am dissatisfied with certain things in my life. And I feel like it's more convenient to say that other people are dissatisfied so that I can be upset and angry and hurt over something. I don't think this is a unique experience by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's incredibly common for us to strive to want to make our parents really proud and to just feel kind of like a failure if we fall short in any way. And it's been really interesting to dissect my relationship with my dad, or maybe more importantly, the way I relate to my dad and the way that I kind of write him into conversations. I've done this with my therapist, and what I mean by writing him into conversations is that I often assume what he's thinking or feeling instead of asking him. So I have this entire conversation with him, but he's actually never present for it. It just completely happens in my head. And I've definitely let this fear and a lot of these expectations that I perceive my parents, especially my dad, to have over the years, I guess cause us to drift apart in some ways it's created tension in our relationship and i own the lion's share of that because again so much of this was happening in my head and i was projecting so much shit that i did not feel good about inside onto him and onto our relationship that it just simply wasn't fair and my dad is a really stoic masculine manly man right so he never cries about anything but i came over to my parents house Um the other day and it was it was just a normal friday I had been out running errands and I swung by to say hello And my dad just started tearing up and my internal fight or flight was kind of activated And I was like, oh no, what did I do wrong? And my dad just looks at me with tears in his eyes and he just says I am so proud of you You are such a wonderful person to be around now And i'm just really 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 grateful that you got sober And I'm gonna try not to tear up right now, but um It's so crazy to reflect on the reasons that we drank or the reasons that we drink, right? And so much of my drinking was due to shame and this feeling that I was inadequate and I was never going to be enough. And a lot of that was derived from my relationship with my parents and specifically my relationship with my dad. And to be able to sit back now and have the perspective that all my dad ever really wanted for me was for me to be me. He didn't need me to have some fancy job. He didn't need me to go to some Ivy League school. He just needed me to be content and he needed me to stop trying to cover up everything with alcohol and to stop trying to be somebody that I wasn't because I was a mean person when I drank. I wasn't nice. I wasn't kind. I wasn't funny. I was a shell of myself in all of these parts of my id that came out that were so, so dark. They just overshadowed everything else when I drank. And I mean, truly how beautiful is it to know that like my relationship with my parents is not going to be perfect just because I got sober, but boy, is it a hell of a lot easier because I am simply showing up as myself. I am simply showing up as the best version of myself now. I'm not trying to drown anything out. I'm not trying to cover anything up. And I'm not trying to assume what other people think or feel about me to the same extent that I was before. And that is such a huge weight off my shoulders. And because there's so much addiction that runs in my family, I feel like I've watched years Fall off my parents' faces. I feel like they've practically aged in reverse because they're not worrying about me in the same way that they once were. Because when I was drinking, I would often call my mom in tears and I was just absolutely deflated and worked up and just a complete and total mess over the most inane things. And it's not like I was calling my mama once a year and having a meltdown. Like this would happen multiple times a week, and God bless her for being so incredibly patient. But to now be able to talk to my mom at any time of the day with complete and total lucidity, it's such a miracle. And I feel like I've gotten so much of my own life back because I'm not all wound or wrapped around the axle about things that don't really matter anymore. And yes, I still have anxiety. And yes, I still have depression. And yes, I still have bad days. But I think I'd gotten to a point where it was almost like the boy who had cried wolf because I was so upset about everything all the time. I was always in fight or flight mode. I was always so elevated and worked up over something that all of a sudden it's like, all right, if someone's on the other end of the phone and you're freaking out about everything, all of a sudden nothing really feels important and they're questioning your judgment. And so being able to get to this place of kind of like emotional homeostasis to some point to have a grasp of reality now and not just these complete and total meltdowns fueled by alcohol is truly incredible. So why am I telling you all this? I think that drinking caused me to write so many stories in my head. It caused me to write stories about relationships, about my job, about myself, about my body, so on and so forth that were not grounded in reality whatsoever. Alcohol brought out all of these incredibly dark parts of me and allowed me to settle in that darkness. I think alcohol Not only was I addicted to it, but it made me addicted to my traumas and to my depression and to my anxiety because I was able to build an entire personality and an entire personhood around those attributes. There's a creator, Anna, that I absolutely love on TikTok and she had a video about this and one of the first lines that still gives me chills, she says, I think I'm addicted to my own suffering. And holy shit, that resonates so much with me because I... 100% feel like that is who I was when I was drinking. And now that I'm sober, it doesn't mean that I don't still have those moments where I want to wallow and I want to be sad. And it feels really easy and convenient to feel like everything is happening to you versus being an active participant in life. Someone who has any sort of like autonomy and ability to make decisions and some sort of skin in the game and is able to affect the outcome of things that happen. And so while there are still times that I want to do that, I'm now able to check myself in a way that I wasn't before. And this has not only improved my relationship with self, but as I was saying before, it's really improved my relationship with my family and my parents in particular because... I'm no longer looking for something to be so angry about all the time. I'm not interested in being a victim in the way that I once was. I think being a victim gave me a sense of safety and security because it was a way to be. It was a safety in itself because it allowed me to not have to work, if that makes sense. Being a victim meant that I believed that I was resigned to be a victim of my circumstance. And again, I didn't have any stake in actually creating a life or future that I wanted. It was easier to kind of throw my hands up and be like, well, this is just the way that it is. And it sucks versus saying like, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to take action and I'm going to create something that I actually feel proud of and feels really aligned with who I am and fulfills me. And we talk about this a lot in the recovery program that I'm in, but being a person of action is really, really challenging. It's scary because you're introducing an opportunity to fail that you don't have when you're a victim. In choosing to change your life, not everyone can do that. You have to be a person who is bold. You have to be a person of conviction. And I think probably more important than anything else, you have to be somebody that deeply knows yourself, that deeply believes in yourself, and also somebody that truly believes you are deserving of the best possible outcome. I was sharing with some friends the other day that often I struggle with an aspect of recovery in which you reflect a lot on the bad shit that you did when you were drinking. I think it's so important because that's the stuff that often keeps us sober, but I also think that spending too much time reflecting on the awful, horrible, terrible things I said and did when I was drinking almost makes me feel like I'm not deserving of my sobriety. There's a balance that I'm still trying to strike in which I can say, okay, here are the things that I objectively did and said when I was drinking that were bad because that helps me stay sober. But on the other hand, to not wallow or reflect or stay so stuck in that bad shit that I end up feeling so overcome with shame that I'm not able to then be that person of action that I was referring to that I want to be. Shame is something that keeps us stuck inherently. And so much of my drinking was imbued with shame. That's why I drink. That's why I drink in private. That's why I kept drinking is because I was so ashamed of myself. And that's not to say like, of course, I am ashamed of the things that I said and did when I was drinking. I think that's really, really healthy, but I am choosing to not stay stuck in that because I have more interest now. I wasted so much fucking time drinking and being awful and being just like a shit human that now I want to take all that energy I was taking wallowing in my sadness and just pitying myself and saying, you know what? Buck up, girlfriend, and get out there and create the life you actually want for once. And I know that not everyone who listens to this podcast struggles with an alcohol addiction to the same degree that I do, if at all. But I would still challenge you to ask yourself this question. What are the things in my life that I am currently feeling disempowered by? What are the areas of your life that you feel like are just absolutely sucking the life force out of you that are keeping you stuck and that are not allowing you to move forward and pursue a life that feels good and truly aligned with what you want and who you want to be? It could be a toxic relationship. It could be a job that makes you feel incredibly disempowered. It could be a family dynamic. It could be, you know, your relationship with money. There are so many different things that we can fall victim to. And we convince ourselves that we have to stay stuck. And the truth is, you don't have to stay stuck. And I'm living proof of that. And this change doesn't necessarily happen overnight. For me, it wasn't unlearning. It was unlearning all of these different things in my life that I was resigned to be a victim to. And then the second part of that was... Rebuilding trust with myself because I had spent so much time feeling sorry for myself and being like, Oh my gosh, woe is me. My life is so tough. I'm so stuck in my circumstances that I lost and broke a lot of trust with myself because I believed in myself so little. And I know at least for me, when I was so deeply entrenched in this victim mindset, it meant that I was sabotaging myself at every single turn. Because in my mind, if things were bad, they were just bad and they couldn't get worse, right? So I didn't have to sit in anxiety and fear and panic that the other shoe was going to drop versus if I actually chose to actively invest in my happiness, it meant that there was potentially something for me to lose. And the fear of losing something good to me at that time in my life felt so much worse and scarier than just having things kind of be shitty all the time. And it sounds so counterintuitive, but you kind of have to have a lot of courage to create a good life and beginning to really fully enter into that phase. And I'm not going to lie to you, there are so many opportunities for disappointment I've already experienced a lot of disappointment in trying to build the life that I want, but I'm not letting those things dissuade me. I think that if you see those as signs that you are moving in the wrong direction or that this isn't for you, then that's how you're gonna interpret everything that doesn't go your way. You have to be willing to see them as little bumps in the road versus being complete and total roadblocks much 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 easier said than done and i've definitely had to just release my desire to have so much control over everything all the time and it's day by day it didn't happen overnight it still hasn't fully happened and i have to accept that i am going to be a student i'm going to be someone that's learning for the rest of my life and that has to be okay with me. If you really want to fight for your desires and the life that you want to build, you have to be willing to take the good with the bad and to not let these moments of bad overshadow the overarching good that you are building and setting up for yourself. And so that's really all I have for today. I apologize. I just listened back to some of this. I'm recording in my parents' kitchen, so it's a little bit echoey. This isn't normal. If this is the first episode you're listening to, usually, um, I actually record it in my bathroom where the acoustics kind of slap. So this is an anomaly, but I am so appreciative for each and every one of you that shows up and listens. I hope that you were able to extract one or two things that were valuable or helpful from this week's episode. And More than anything, I just hope that (laughs) my podcast helps you to not feel so alone in your experience. Getting sober can feel really scary. It can feel really isolating. And even if you're not coming here because you're trying to get sober, you're just trying to figure out who you are and what you want because you're feeling very lost. Like, I am right there with you. I'm holding your hand. I'm also really fucking confused. So again, take everything I say with a grain of salt. But... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just really, really, really grateful today. And part of that is also because I just hit my four months of sobriety this weekend and it was a big weekend with a lot of drinking, not by me, by <laughs> everyone else. It was a big ski weekend um, where we had a house with like 17 people. And you know what? I was so scared going into it, but it actually was really, really fun. And I'll probably chat about that at greater length on the next episode because I think that big events in early sobriety feel very very overwhelming if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave a rating and if you're looking to follow me or the podcast i am on tiktok and instagram at elizabeth and the podcast is at wildly basic west thanks so much and i'll see you next time